When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is, 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 is Kickoff in the Valley. Now, here's your host, Tyler Vazquez and Gunnar Jackson. Welcome into the Kickoff of the Valley podcast covering your Arizona Cardinals. My name is Gunnar. That is Tyler Vazquez. This is our post-game podcast. We'll chat about the Cardinals' 27-17 victory in L.A. against the Rams today. You excited about that victory, Tyler? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's always good to get a win. I <laughs> You know, uh, but at the rate we were going, it was almost like you, you probably want to keep losing to get the better draft pick, right? We talked about that earlier in the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, but I mean, it is good to see a win in the win column. But you got it was against the Rams, who were who had a backup quarterback as well. You know, they actually had two backups. They're they're running two different quarterbacks. No, of course, and you know we'll we'll dive completely into the game. We'll celebrate the win a little bit, but but obviously, I think the big questions just coming out the gate is uh, what does this game tell us about cliff kingsbury kyler murray and the franchise as a whole right like we've been on well i'm gonna i'll pin it on you you've been on the fire uh cliff bandwagon and i joined a little late uh you know but you've been on it for a long time you see Ky- uh you say kyler murray you see cliff operate a new you know the same offense now with a different quarterback at the helm, Colt McCoy. And I mean, they looked way different other than some of the pre-snap penalties. I mean, that was the same, but ultimately moving the ball down the field, it, it didn't seem as difficult uh, throughout the course of this game. Yeah. Um, they still haven't scored that first quarter. Well, no, I, I, I take that back. What was, it was a couple of games ago. They scored no, that last first game. quarter. Yeah, last, last game. game they scored that first yeah. Quarter. yeah, but they, never, they they went back to their old ways this uh, this last game. Yeah, they came out on top. Uh, they went to your your guy, A.J. Green, who you hate, right? <laughs> well, AJ, Green, A.J. Green and Rondell Moore both look like pro bowlers today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the resurgence of A.J. Green with Colt McCoy. Okay, so what, and, what is again? That? That that asks that that's what really pegs this question now. Like we've been pinning this on Cliff, like this is a Cliff problem, and mm-hmm. to some degree, I still feel it's a Cliff problem in the sense that you're hired to do a job. You were the one that said that if you it was your choice, you would take Kyler Murray first overall. Like this, Kyler's the guy that you have a relationship with. You recruited him when he was in high school. Like. Y- all of this you need to have control of as the leader of that locker room. Now, with that being said, does Kyler have an ego? Does Kyler have things about him that make it a little difficult to coach him in the sense of, you know, we've seen him on the sideline. You've seen him be Here's some things I want to bring up. Okay. Buda Baker, which we talked about earlier this week after the first episode of hard knocks, I said, he's, this guy's going to be beloved by everybody nationwide after watching him just be a warrior. Well, he gets a high ankle sprain. You're thinking he's going to be out for four weeks, three weeks, four weeks, somewhere around there. He plays seven days later on a high ankle sprain today and is impactful. So when I look at Kyler Murray, it's like, 
and I don't want to, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to question should he have played on a bad hamstring, whatever. But I will say players are nicked up by this time of the year. And this is a must win game. I just look to that leadership from a Kyler perspective of like, okay, here's the things I would like to see from Kyler. And now granted they're winning during this game. So you see Colt at the sideline talking to his receivers. You see him engage and they're laughing it up. Yeah. The game's over at this point when he's doing that. But my point is, I don't think I ever see that from Kyler. I don't ever see him around a group of guys. We don't see him. And I know he's played quote unquote injured before, but in a must win game right now, you're thinking he's playing. He doesn't. It's just different. You see Buda Baker, who's a leader. And is like the they keep calling him the heart and soul of this yeah. team and this defense. He plays today because he knows this is like if you want to save the season, it starts today. Yeah. So it, those things well, with Kyler is it is it ego or is it more of him being an introvert? You know, I mean, there's introverts and there's is it extra? What was the? I don't other know if it's a if it's a combo of both. I don't yeah. know. Like Buda Baker, obviously different, right? I mean, he gets yeah. up and he speaks to the the team, and you know that's what's televised, and, and it might be something worth watching. You know, with this in season hard knocks, is how how much interaction and how much camaraderie is there between Kyler and the rest of the team. You know? I'm really interested to see that. Like, you yeah. didn't really see any. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> I thought something was going on outside my door for a moment there. I was That's like, oh right. my gosh, I'm going to have to whip some ass on my kids. Yeah, watch your back, Gunner. The voice of the bird god could be outside your door <laughs> at any moment. But I did want to bring up the question Does Kyler Murray, or maybe for any NFL team, does the quarterback need to be the heart and soul of the offense? You, you talk about Buda Baker. Does Kyler need to be that guy? And especially as someone who's taken where he was and is supposed to be the franchise quarterback, are there that's certain a, boxes that a franchise guy has to check? That's you exactly where I was going to go next, is that oftentimes your quarterback, I mean, behind Gunner right now, it's showing the Green Bay Packers and the, and the Cowboys. You expect this from Aaron Rodgers, right? You expect this from your your franchise quarterback like you expect them to be the leader and be the voice and and all that so as much as kyler's an introvert sorry as a star quarterback and and a top paid quarterback in the league you're expecting this yeah well i I mean mean, look at all the uh look at the uh, successful franchises and the ones that have won the uh, super bowl it's all behind a high uh high profile quarterback right that that you know is a leader on the team yeah I mean, did you, Brady, Dane, Russell Wilson, uh, last year, Matt Stafford, you know, I mean, I, I look at all the quarterbacks that are like the guys that you would pay to take a team to the Super Bowl right now, like a Joe Burrow, like, uh, uh, a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Tom Brady, a, an Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Like you, you start naming off all these guys and it's just like, they're leaders. And that's what I, even Lamar Jackson for, for that point, I'm not a big Lamar guy. But when I see him talk about his team, when I see him, I mean, I just, I see certain guys are different. I I almost say all of them are very different than Kyler Murray. And to me, that's part of the part of the problem here. And so, but again, when we turn it back to cliff on the original question, it becomes okay though. But cliff knew who Kyler was when he brought Kyler in. So I still can't get, I can't give Cliff a pass is where I'm at. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he thought that Kyler would open up a little bit once, once I'm he had sure. 
Yeah, once he matured and once he realized the team was on his back and he got this new contract and stuff like that. But, I mean, we haven't seen it yet. But, I mean, that said, like him being an introvert in, you know, that camaraderie, how does that translate on the field, you know? Because, I mean, he still, you know, um, has the same receivers, but he's but he's targeting different receivers. How, how do we translate what we just talked about to field play? You know, because, I mean, how, how does that affect his play on the field? What I don't know, and I am interested to hear other people's opinions on the, some professionals that cover sports as we go on throughout the week, me as a fan, what I don't understand is all the screenplays that run when when Kyler's in there, all the, uh, the non-passes down the field. Because when we watched Colt McCoy today, all he was doing was getting the ball out quick, throwing it down the field. I think he threw like two screenplays the entire game, like – it was a completely different offense, but it's the same offense. You know what I mean? So it was a little weird. Like, mm. why is that happening? I have heard in the past, and I don't want to rile this up too much, and I don't want to make it too big of a deal, but I've heard that Kyler changes the plays to a, a decent amount. Now, obviously, quarterbacks call audibles. That happens. But he's changing them out of what cliff's calling is what i've heard the rumor is to some degree so with that being said is colt more running the game that cliff is calling versus kyler switching out to these different dump offs or 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 whatever is kyler just the one that's nervous to take the shots down the field i don't know what it is and and that's where i said as a fan i would be interested to hear what people think because watching this i it, blo- it boggled my mind all game. I didn't understand, like, okay, oh, Tyler used to do this. <laughs> Interesting stat to support your conversation here, Tyler. I uh, just pulled up on next-gen stats. Kyler Murray, uh, among passing quarterbacks, is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth, ninth most conservative percentage here they track of aggressiveness so downfield throws right pushing the ball downfield he has a 12.5 percent now for context lamar jackson is right there with him jared goff is right behind him patrick mahomes is one of the least aggressive quarterbacks by percentage so it takes into account situational football but what i find interesting is when you talk about this game today and the game script combined with you saying changing plays is Kyler aggressive of adverse, right? Is he concerned about, we can go back to last year, big, ugly, last taste in your mouth to end your season. Is Kyler become a little bit shell-shocked from that, and he'd rather dodge the stat line bullets and go with the easy play, go with the conservative play? It's very possible. And, I, I mean, Kyler has not looked the same since that Packers game. That where where AJ Green doesn't turn around in time and they lose that game at the end. Kyler has not been the same since then. I, I mean, I'd go watch any game. I mean, he's not looked like that MVP candidate that he looked like the first seven, eight games of the season last year. So how, how, how do we know he's changing the plays like that the Cliff's feeding him? I've heard this from someone I would find credible. Okay. I'm just yeah, I I'm I, mean, gonna, I can I can only go so much there, but I will tell no, you I, I, hear you. I, I, I hear heard you. He, so, he's I've heard he I heard this probably four or five weeks ago. Um, it was a while okay. back, and I alluded to it after one of the post games, probably that same week actually, and then I kind of got away from it because I don't want to get catch heat from someone. But um, 
I've heard yeah. this. And so it makes me now wonder okay. when you see Colt McCoy out there and the success, is this all part? Well, of yeah. It? So that's so, so, so it would be on, on Kyler at that point, but maybe it comes down to lack of trust in cliff, you know, when everybody is on the fire cliff bandwagon and he's like, yeah, fire cliff, he, what he's calling it, it's not working. So he's going to change the play. So Kyler's change of the plays to what he thinks should be run. And obviously it's not working Colt McCoy, you know, they mentioned it in the pregame and, uh, and during the game Colt said that he might not get another shot. So he's going to play his heart out. So of course he's going to go by the book, you know, when it comes well, to cliff let, King's three, let's, uh, let's unravel it a little bit deeper. Who was calling the plays during the preseason? Uh, uh, Kyler remember, right? Yeah. Cliff, yeah. Cliff had Kyler call plays. Yeah. It makes me wonder, has this been an ongoing issue? Not just this season. Was this an issue last season where mm. Kyler and Cliff were kind of going at it? I mean, to me, it keeps falling back on this Kyler and Cliff dynamic isn't working. So, yeah. and I don't think it's going to work. I mean, I, I was hearing, listening to someone a minute ago say, oh, well, maybe Kyler watched this game, saw how someone else prepared to start and saw how they, they went through the, the play calls and, and did all the stuff and saw the success. And maybe this will wake him up a little bit. Kyler is who he is, I think. I don't know if you're going to see much change there. So, and here's, and I'll just shoot something dead right now when, when fans are, if you're going to get off the fire cliff bandwagon, which is fine, that I get it watching this you might think well cliff is cliff's cliff's got this under control now like he's got a guy that listens your problem now becomes you can't get away from kyler's contract you'll have so much dead cap if you trade him that you're just you're screwed so yeah could you trade him for a boatload of draft picks and could you move on i'm not saying we're even close to that point you made this investment in kyler that won't happen i just want to shoot that dead because i know I guarantee if I jump on Facebook right now and all the different Cardinal groups, it's going to be get rid of Kyler. Colt McCoy's the savior. I mean, it's going to be. Are you serious? Yeah, I guarantee it. Oh, I guarantee it. It was one game against a uh, a struggling Rams team who didn't even have their starting quarterback. I hope. I hear you. I hope. But 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 offensively, watching the team, I mean, they did look way better. I mean, just look at how good AJ Green looked again. I mean, and and let's face it, the three games Colt McCoy played last year, he did really well. So, like, this isn't anything new. I was kind of nervous about Colt McCoy getting started because I figured this was going to happen, and now it's going to start all kinds of chaos within the fan base. So you have two different quarterbacks with with McCoy and and Murray, you know, and then Murray goes through his looks. McCoy does the same thing when he's playing today. Is it the way what they're looking for and what they see in their mind, you know, as to who they're throwing it to as to why it was different, you know, with the, with the targets today with AJ green and uh, uh, who was the other one? Um, well, he threw it to Rondell Moore a bunch. He threw Rondell it to Moore. Hopkins a bunch. I mean, he got Hopkins involved a ton in the opening drive. So I, I mean, yeah, but then he went away and, you know, as the commentator said, you know, they should just use Hopkins as a decoy and start going to their other guys, you know, which I'd, you know, maybe somebody heard that and passed that along to Cliff, and that's ultimately what happened. They stopped targeting Hopkins uh, in the he, second. He half. finished with 14. He had 10 receptions, 98 yards. Rondo Moore, nine receptions, 94 yards. I mean, he didn't really go to anybody else. I, he did have the two big passes to A.J. Green, um, the one for the touchdown. A.J. Green thought, only had 10 yards. Rondo Moore had a touchdown. I, I, I must no. have missed. 
Yeah, it was Connor who had two touchdowns, and uh, yeah, Connor rushed two in, which yeah. I was talking crap in my my fan or my uh, group chat that I've got. Uh-huh. I was saying, hey, can we see more Eno Benjamin? Because Eno Benjamin did not take a snap uh, today. <laughs> He's there. I just think he runs. I think he runs angry, right? I think yeah. I like I like how he runs. Connor only finished with an average of three yards a carry, three point three. So it's not like he lit, lit the world on fire. His longest run was for nine yards. Yeah. So I mean, I still don't think James Connor looks the same. It was nice to see him get two touchdowns, but I would have liked to see Nino Benjamin in there again. Just some questionable Cliff stuff. So that's where I keep going back to. Okay, we talk about the future of the franchise. My opinion still kind of is. If Kyler, if Cliff can't make this work with Kyler like he does with Colt, mm-hmm. Cliff still got to go because at this point you can't move on from Kyler. And so yeah. that's where to me, you're going to need to, you're going to have to bring some, you would have to bring in a new coach. You know, what's good. Well, you know, what sucks for Kyler though. Um, you know, they, they had him out obviously today and he'll probably be back next week in Mexico city on Monday night football against the uh, 49ers, but he's going to lose, you know, I mean, unless the Cardinals can pull it together, you know, I mean, the 49ers are really good. They're playing well. We'll see how they do uh, tonight, you know, on Sunday night football. Uh, But um, uh, if he comes back and they lose and then they lose the next one, well, they have a bye week, but you know, the next game they play, I mean, the pressure's on like, do you, do you bench Murray and put McCoy back in? It's kind of a crappy situation for Murray. Well, that's the real question is Monday night in Mexico. So you've now got eight days before your next game or seven and a half, whatever you want to call it, till your next game. Who's the starting quarterback? I mean, if Kyler was testing that hammy today, I would think he's going to be fine by next Monday. Yeah. But who do you think gives you a better chance to win in this offense right now? And that's the key word, in this offense, right? Like, that's a key key part to that. It's it's tough to say, though, dude. Again, like the Rams, they just, they're just not playing well. It was, a, it was kind of a – they were a crappy team. They – they're three and six now. You know, they were three and five going into this game. You know, and then the Arizona Cardinals are struggling too. It's just kind of a, you know, you know, you got a whole bat of poo. You know, the cream came to the top there, and the in and the cream was uh the Arizona Cardinals in this case, you know. So I mean we'll learn, we'll learn a lot more next week, you know, against the 49ers on how well this Cardinals offense is, you know, and then depending on who they go with quarterback, you know. An apologies, bird uh, voice of the bird guy. Yeah, very. I got to be honest with you. Voice of the bird guy getting a little rude. You know, he's interjecting now, um, <laughs> talking over top of the host. It's. I don't know where the music went. I thought we were. That was a new thing, and we were going to have just, the. There's a lot going on in the in the voice of the bird god's life right now. He's confused about which way he wants to take things. The bottom line is, though, we're going to get. There's another uh, bit of content that I know Tyler wants to get to here in a second. But I want the last thing I want to touch on here in terms of the hierarchy of this team, what's working, not working. They get back Hopkins recently. That seems to be balancing out the wide receiver room a little bit, opening up other opportunities. But Tyler, you mentioned it. You know, Connor is supposed to be the engine of this team. When you go back and look at week by week and see the disproportionate pass plays to run plays, how much of this offensive line, we know there's been injuries there too, but how much of this maybe just from the onset also falls on what they thought their offense could have been built around reigning in Kyler a bit more, letting the running game lead the way and then being explosive off of that. All of a sudden you don't get the same production. Have you guys seen anything watching these games where it's boy, if we fall behind game script in the running game, we kind of forces our hand there. I think there's a lot of things they assumed this year. I think they assumed that Rodney Hudson would be their staple at center. And then when he started contemplating retirement, 
And now that same injury that was making him contemplate, contemplate retirement has now held him out. He's now on IR. Now you got a makeshift offensive line in there and you've got a bunch of guys that are coming off the street to hike the ball to, to Kyler Murray and now Colt McCoy. Um, you saw uh, Billy Price had a pretty good game today, but then he had a, a, a bad, uh, 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 he had a bad play towards the end of the game. So it's, yeah, I'm sure they had a bunch of expectations on how things were going to go. When they re-signed James Conner, I think they were hoping they were going to have the same James Conner that put up what he, he was like a league leading. Uh, he was a first or second in touchdowns last year. I mean, he was phenomenal. But the problem is, I mean, just from the eye test, when I watch James Conner and I watch Eno Benjamin, Eno Benjamin looks like a guy fighting for a job and running angry and picking up four or five yards of carry. And James Conner looks like he's settled in, and, and and he's a great guy. I don't want to like make this sound like he's a guy that got paid and is it is settling. I think there's some regression here. I think he's another year older. Running backs they get old real quick because how many times they get hit. That's why I don't think you should ever pay a running back. I think you go for you know their rookie years and then you keep moving guys in, kind of like the the 49ers have been doing the last few years. Yeah, you you start bringing in multiple running backs and and you just keep moving on, keep moving on, keep moving on. I think that's what the Cardinals should have did. They did it. And so, yes, they're, they're having to adjust. Just like you said, they're going to, they have to adjust when Hopkins is out. Now they got to adjust because Hollywood Brown's out. Now they got to adjust because James Conner, you know, missed time. And now they got to, they've had to adjust more than almost any team in the NFL. They were going into this week's Fox doctor had them at 31st. Again, most injured team heading into this week. That's every week this season. They've either been 31 or 32. So I get when everyone says, Oh, every team has injuries. Yeah, but the Ravens weren't the same last year either when they were dead last in injuries. And so the Ravens, everyone thinks, has a good team. They're good, you know, the well coached. They've got a lot of depth. Uh, their GM drafts great. Like the Ravens get all this hype. And it's like, well, they still sucked last year when they went through all of this. So I don't know, Gunnar, what do you think? With all the, all the injuries, does that make a difference? Or is it something that any coach can just get over? You know what I mean? Um, you know, I mean, a good coach would be able to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look at, look at uh, Belichick, you know, I mean, he does the same thing with the running backs with his players, you know, the, mm-hmm. he doesn't pay any of them, like, unless it's a quarterback or, or something like that, you know, and they're not, not paying a ton of money because he, he's just used them as a little pawn in his game, you know, and he, that dude seems to figure it out when somebody gets injured, he finds somebody to take their place, you know? Mm-hmm. No, he's got a system, and he's just able to rotate, rinse, repeat. He's also probably the best coach in the history of coaching. But, uh, you know, so to think that anyone's going to be at his level, little, little hard. But um, I mean, didn't, didn't uh, Kingsbury coach? Oh, he played for Belichick, right? Or did he, he coach with Belichick? Belichick? He played yeah. for him, yeah. Kaka, voice of the bird guy. Thank you, Gunner. Always appreciates my entrance. Uh, you, just to contextualize this a little bit further, because I mean, this is going to be the running theme of this show. Obviously, it's been the running theme of the season. Uh, over on the herd with Colin Coward, he was speaking yeah. about exactly what's going on in Arizona, the difficulties potentially for Cliff Kingsbury, and also why potentially it may not be the worst thing in the world if things continue to go poorly for the head coach right now. Let's give a little listen here. What's the hardest coaching job in the NFL? I would argue this morning, Arizona. It appears the owner resents his star quarterback and the quarterback kind of resents the owner. Uh, I think Cliff is a really good guy and a better coach than most of us thought. He was fired in college by his alma mater. 
but Kyler's a handful. It's also McVay, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan twice a year in division, and there's now expectations based on Cliff and Kyler having some good early years. I think going forward, everything is on the table with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, First of all, Texas A&M and Oklahoma in short time are probably going to need a coach. Kingsbury's NFL experience back to college, I think he would be the first choice if I was the athletic director at Texas A&M or Oklahoma, it would be Cliff. Now let's just break that down. I cut it off there, but I included that last piece because let's start at the top. Everything is on the table, right? Everything's on the table and you have an owner and franchise quarterback. You know, we've been talking about head coach and quarterback. Let's go to the highest level. If the owner is not a fan of the quarterback that the head coach pushed heavily to get, is that the potentially the first domino to fall? Tyler, you talked about it. Really big contract, hard to move potentially, but there's always suitors with the potential of what Kyler has put on tape so far in his career. Oh, I mean, someone will give a ransom to get Kyler Murray. I mean, the quarterback is just such a you need to have it in the NFL. So, I mean, look at look at the Colts. Look at there's teams in the NFL that have just been quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. Right. After quarterback. Okay. But I mean, is he that good? I mean, would Seattle? Like if he can't, if Kyler became yeah, available, I, would Kyler would Seattle go after Kyler instead of writing Gino? There are ten teams I can almost guarantee that would line up to to trade for Kyler Murray. So, but when we talk about everything on the table, and you've got an owner butting heads with a quarterback, I, I think where he's going with that is obviously the the putting in the contract, the study clause, right? Like let's go back to the off season. They they wanted him to study more. I, I don't think Michael Bidwell doesn't like Kyler Murray. I think he sees a lot what we all see and he wants to try to help the maturity piece rapidly. He wants to speed that up quick, like move that timeline a lot faster because he's made this large investment. He wants to start seeing dividends quickly. He doesn't want to wait four more years to see the, the dividends from that investment. Well, Collins verbiage was the owner resents Kyler and Kyler resents the owner. So that was the verbiage that that uh, Colin said there, you know. So and, I mean, and, but that's why I'm saying I think he means when he says when the owner resents him, I think he's saying like he doesn't like some of the things that Kyler's all about, the video games, the you know all, all the stuff, the stuff we were talking about him being an introvert. Like I'm sure right. if I had to think Michael Bidwell, and I can't speak for Michael Bidwell, but just thinking of him. I would assume he would like the traditional Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Like he would yeah. like a quarterback that is the leader taking charge. That's who he wants to give a boatload of money to. Not necessarily a guy that, you know, isn't corralling his team together. Yeah. Uh, make, a, make a case for another franchise quarterback in the league right now. Kyler Murray has now been in the league since 2019. Mm-hmm. Can you name another franchise quarterback that has an association or a label, even the bad ones, even guys that maybe aren't necessarily proven franchise guys, name a starting quarterback in the league right now that you would have any association with not dedicated, not always into film study, not the leader of the in the locker room, right? I mean, that's probably talk about, you know, the frustration from ownership down. You mm-hmm. anticipate this guy growing into a role like that and at a minimum being across the board prepared on a week-to-week basis. And that may be the biggest contrast that we could pull out of this Colt McCoy one-game mm-hmm. sample. 
Is he a veteran quarterback? Is he is he the same level of talent? Of course not. He's a journeyman backup quarterback, right? But what was he capable of doing? Stepping in and running the system that's being put out there in front of him. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're 100. I mean, listen, there ain't one quarterback that has all of these issues. Now, is there somewhere maybe they don't get along with their teammates in the locker room? Russell Wilson comes to mind. I mean, that's all you keep hearing right now about Russell Wilson in Denver and how the fallout of Seattle was. Hmm, Russell's a little, a little big for his britches, right? Like now, Russell's won a ring. He's you know, had success. It's a little bit different, and and we're not questioning necessarily Russell's work ethic. Like I, I think when you package it all together, how you just did, there ain't a, there is not one. But I can pick out little things out of what you put there and say, ah, well, one guy has a knock like this. But yeah, no one has all of those bundled up other than Kyler. And that's scary considering, you know, what he's being paid right now. I'm going to dream within a dream that 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 Cliff Kingsbury does find college football more attractive. And maybe it's a mutual parting of ways, as we like to say sometimes. Yeah. I, I mean, I could say I could. I mean, it just depends. I mean, he he was all smiles on you know at the end of the game today, which he shouldn't be. And you know, I I think that was just kind of a uh, a win that you know if you didn't win against a crappy Rams team, you know, it'd be really bad. But I mean, I I don't know. I think he may be over his head, Cliff Kingsbury, and you know, and if Oklahoma or Texas A and M came knocking, he maybe he would take it. You know, maybe they come to an agreement on the contract here in Arizona, and uh, they just mutually part ways. Listen, there was a reason that the whole Michael Bidwell watches film with us came out this week. <laughs> like, that was not like I, when I think of Cliff, before he got his contract extension, all of a sudden there was rumors. I can't remember which college team. Was it Oklahoma or was it it might have been Oklahoma at the time, but it was there was these rumors that like, oh, Cliff might be the 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 hot option. I, I want to say it was Oklahoma for for Oklahoma if that job were to open up, and the, all those rumors came up, and then all of a sudden now Cliff Cliff and Kime got extensions, and that was put to bed. Mm. When we look at Cliff's agent, he has the same agent as Gunner. Do you know who he has the same agent as? Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. And it's serious. It, yep. And it's safe to say, hold on. And it's safe Wait, to say, huh, huh, hold on, hold on. Yep. Is, is, is Cliff Kingsbury going to return to the college ranks with Kyler Murray? <laughs> Are we talking about is this a Rodney Dangerfield back to school scenario? He has one year of eligibility left. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but my point to this is this, how bad and, and maybe mess, maybe good because he got paid. How poorly was, the whole Kyler Murray contract situation handled by his agent. I mean, between the letter they put out yeah. between, you know, the, the, the study One. clause get, being in there, like yeah. it was so poorly handled. And then I look at the rumors of cliff going back to college before he got his extension. Like this is the MO of this agent. He just isn't like, he's good. He gets his guys paid, I guess, but like he makes it real messy and ugly. So then all of a sudden this week, it it comes out that, Cliff has to watch film with the owner. Like to me, Cliff and his agent are playing chess pieces here. So now you have Colin Cowherd talking about, would he consider going back to college? If I start putting this puzzle together, this tells me Cliff and his agent know that he is on the hottest of hot seats. They also know like Gunner, if you're the owner and you can't move this guy that you just gave a boatload of money to, and it's between him and the coach. You either need to find a new coach to get the best out of this guy, 
or you try to move this guy. Well, the problem is you move him, your, your teams, they have one option. They have to make it work with Kyler Murray. They can't move on from him. Right? Like yeah. I, the way I understand the cap, they can't because when I go look at over the cap right now, and I look at all the money that would be dead, if they move Kyler Murray Adam, you might understand this way more than I do, but his cap number, I, I mean, the dead money moving forward, you're talking 30, 50, I mean, $80 million next year. It looks like $30 million a year after that, then 12, then 35. Like, I, I mean, you can't, your team would be just, you'd be killed. I mean, you'd have to hit on all the draft picks that you get back from him to, to do it. Like, because you'd have to operate on all those small contracts. So to me, your only option gunner is you'd have to move cliff. Well, it sounds like cliff's already positioning himself to be available for maybe a coaching job, right? Like, then, you know, he's, he's smart though. He, he's, he's looking out for his career, you know? Who's, so who's wait, here, here's another one. Who's to say his agent and him didn't slip something to Colin Cowherd to bring this all up this week. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that those little nuggets, I mean, you, you throw it to a producer, you know, or whatever with that show. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's always some little truth to something whenever they bring it up. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys with a lot of uh, inside info, like Adam Schefter. And I'm just amazed at, you know, how quickly this dude, you know, gets his information and who he knows and, and the, the, the stuff that he breaks, you know. So there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, you know, that we don't know about. And, and it could be the case. It really could. I feel like I'm a conspiracy theorist on here, but I, I mean, just to me, when I put all that together, yeah, it's, it's all politics, man. Same thing happens in country radio behind the scenes, dude. It's it's all <laughs> gutter CEO is uh, yeah. <laughs> making moves well, behind his back. Did you have something, Adam? Yeah, okay. There's a cock. I to feather in because uh, <laughs> you see what I did there, feather in. Uh, yep. The show is building. Um, in terms of Kyler Murray and just the contract, right? So guaranteed money. And then you have to factor in a couple of different things when it comes to it. There's the cap numbers going forward. So next year, 16, the following year, 51, 45, 55 in 2026. And then it comes down a little bit from there. However, Still when we talk 40s, about though, two more years. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Don't get me wrong. I mean, and by the way, with the way the NFL goes and quarterbacks keep making more money, two, three years from now, Kyler Murray's cap it. And this only matters if he's actually successful for the team. But his cap, it'll probably end up being closer to 10 than to 1 in the spectrum of what QBs are being paid, yeah. which could be more commiserate. But the biggest one here being just in terms of dead cap and cap savings. So you have two ways that you can look at it, right? The pre-June 1 trade option. So this is when you're in the offseason, you haven't even gotten to training camp yet, and you go ahead and you pull the trigger. In those scenarios, for example, you know, uh, 2023, $59 million in dead cap. So a massive one. However, if you flip it over to a trade post-June 1, those dead cap numbers become significantly less. 13 million, 13 million again, all the way down the line. Now the cap savings goes up significantly in 2024, 38, 32, and 42 million over those next handful of years. So there is a path for the Cardinals potentially, if it came to that, to moving on from Kyler without absolutely decimating themselves, but there's still going to be losses there. You're still going to get so, hit over the handful of years. So pretend that keeps happening. Okay. So like let's pretend, let's pretend this gets to the worst case scenario, which is I want fans to be realistic here. Like when what when does it when would it make sense that they could do it? Like what year do you see that? Fiscally, it could make sense when you're looking at those numbers. Yeah, 2025 is probably when it starts to become 
you know, like a viable option where the dead cap is reasonable enough. Because to your point, there's dead cap numbers here when it's $96 million in dead cap, right? And that's yeah. over these first couple of years, 81 in 2024. That's but true. you can come down off of that. Um, I, I Again, if we're – go, go ahead, Gunner. No, it's too late. They got a team built now, ready for exactly. a, a championship. And, and you can't wait till 2025. That's a way. So, so you're making So you're making the point I was going is that – you can't move on from Kyler Murray. So if you're saying Kyler and Cliff is the problem, but you can't move on from Kyler, then hello, it's still I'm still on hashtag fire Cliff because if yeah. Cliff can't make it work with Kyler, then we're stuck. So you, you... <laughs> Kaka, let's put a pin in what is obviously a conversation that is not going anywhere anytime yeah. soon for the Arizona Cardinal fan base. Let's talk about, let's close out the show on another more interesting note here. So at the time of this recording, obviously uh, the division rival 49ers are taking on the Chargers. We don't know the results of the game this time. However, combined with the fact that Dallas lost, they're now a six-win team. The commanders are there at four and five. The Niners are just ahead of you technically right now. They could lose and fall to four and five. And the Packers, they won. They beat they that beat those Dallas Cowboys. They're four and six. I almost, wish the Packers, being, I almost wish the Packers would have lost. You, you would have preferred that, right? yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think right now what we're talking about is any hope of making the playoffs is that third wild card spot right now for the Cardinals, which they're still very much a part of. You know, the season is long, but as a, a famous Yankee once said, it's getting late early, right? Like, it, they win this game, but Gunner, you mentioned at the top, does the win over this year's Rams really count for as much as it would have a year ago? Like, do you guys look at this schedule now and say, hey, one or two more wins, you know, let's let's be nine and eight and, and scrape our way into the playoffs and maybe reclimate some of what we lost this season? Jeez. Is, remember that year that the Seahawks went to the playoffs at 500? It was just seven oh, and nine, yeah. I believe. Right? They yeah. went seven, seven and nine. nine. They went. Yeah, I mean, it was division that year. Yeah, yeah, it was worse than seven five hundred. Then, I mean, yeah, it was just a crappy NFC West. I mean, it could almost go that way. You know, I mean, if the oh, you, you totally could Washington. go that way. You could totally go that way this season. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, the teams aren't good. Yeah, they're not. Well, I mean, the 49ers, I mean, we'll see how they play tonight. You know, they got McCaffrey. They, look, they have they, been playing better since since trading yeah. for McCaffrey, but they only have four yeah. wins right now, right? Like, so if they win tonight, you know, that'll move to five. But, uh, I mean, the Cardinals have the, the same same wins right now as the Niners. Let's ask the bold question because, obviously, November 21st, the 49ers and the Cardinals will play. Let's, mm -hmm. do, the, let's do what everybody hates, guys. Let's have a little bit of fun. Let's be lighthearted. Win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss down the line here. Are the Cardinals even cap what are the Cardinals capable of getting to? 49ers, Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Bucks, Falcons, and wouldn't you know it, closing out the season with the 49ers. If you want a path, it's all in front of you because you play yeah. the 49ers twice. But over those games, realistically, and, and the answer could be as simple as they've never shown me that they can win games consistently to look at it like that. But can you see them getting they're a they're a four-win team right now? They got to get five wins. You know, five wins is is, is probably going to be what it takes to get to the playoffs. Can they achieve that when you look at the group of teams that they go up against? Yeah, because every team has sucked. <laughs> I, I mean, the the Niners they've looked relatively good since bringing in McCaffrey. So we'll see how they play against the Chargers tonight. Obviously, when this drops, that'll have already concluded. So you know, we don't know right now. So th these you play these two teams the next two weeks. You play the Niners Monday Night Football. You play the Chargers the week after that. Then you get your bye week, and then that string after that, then you've got the Patriots, who haven't been very good. You get the Broncos, who 
definitely aren't very good. Uh, the Bucks, who since Tom Brady got divorced, have been better. But, you know, when he was married, they were terrible and they haven't looked amazing. They did beat Seattle and yeah. Germany today. Uh, but then Atlanta, they're terrible. And then you got the Niners again. So, uh, yeah, if you can beat the Niners, uh, I mean, the path's there. You're right. I mean, they can do it, but you're right. They, they, they've yet to have back-to-back wins this season. So that's the first step. You need to win back-to-back. You need to string along wins. And so you've got seven games left. You you said five of them. They need to get at least eight win or no, sorry, that'd make them nine wins. Yeah, I I mean, well, I mean, you you said it there. I mean, we'll see how they play against the 49ers. I still don't have much faith. I mean, look at look at the teams they beat. They beat the Raiders uh, in overtime, which the Raiders, you know, I mean, they, they've had multiple games where they were up by like 17 plus. Uh, yeah, the Raiders and, lost to the Colts know, yeah, today. We and saw, they weren't very good. You know, yeah. and, and the other win was Carolina. Uh, Carolina, New Orleans, and now the Rams. They've beaten all the bad teams. Which... Yeah, exactly. So show you can win against a, a good team with a winning record. And and then maybe, you know, we'll... Well, that's the problem, though, is they really don't have that ability because when you look at the rest of their schedule, not many of these, none of these teams have a winning record. The Chargers are 5-3. and three. Oh, are uh, they? Okay. Okay, yeah, Chargers, Chargers are the only one. Yeah, Chargers are 5-3. and three. Uh, and That's what I'm saying. That's really the only true winning record test all the rest i mean the bucks yeah the bucks are one win what are they one win different than you at this point if the cardinals were going to make a run for the championship this would have been the year to do it (laughs) i mean from the get-go they would have had a clear on path if they could had it figured out before the chiefs you know before they lost the chiefs in game one they would have had a clear on path to the uh the championship but they just couldn't figure it out they just and still can't. Hey, here's the key though. They're gonna be getting healthier soon. Uh, yeah. Healthier. I wouldn't say, you know, healthy. When but you get with Brown back, they, you know? that's the thing. You might have him back. I don't know. Next two to three weeks. So you see that uh, that chain he had on on the side. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> Hollywood's Hollywood's a baller. Nasty. Yeah, he is. Holy moly. Uh, uh, the uh, Patriots have a winning record too. Uh, they are uh, okay. five and five and three too. I didn't, I didn't think they were that good, but okay. yep. voice of the bird God. Yeah. I was gonna say the Patriots have turned it around a little bit, but here's the interesting thing too, to close it out. You know, Justin Herbert is in a similar position. When you look at stats, the big difference has been getting the team wins over the start of the season when they were struggling, they had injuries on defense, missing wide receivers on offense. They've had a terrible rotation at the running back position. Right. But over the course of this season so far, Justin Herbert, 6.4 yards per pass. Kyler Murray, six yards, 13 touchdowns to five interceptions for Herbert, 12 to six for Kyler Murray. So many of their statistical categories look similar, but not winning football games, right? And when you're trying to course correct a season, sometimes it's just about muddling through those early that early schedule and coming out the other side. Get a win, get a second win. Now you're five and three if you're the Chargers, and you can afford to lose a tough game to San Francisco tonight. Cardinals well, don't have that ability, right? They don't have the luxury of sacrificing a game or two to get themselves right. Well, this is going to be even tougher for the Cardinals. It says uh, Zach, uh, Schefter just tweeted that Zach Ertz was spotted in a brace after the Arizona win. He's expected to miss multiple weeks with a knee injury that he suffered today. So that'll be a little tougher for the Cardinals going forward. Buda Baker would have played. Yeah, Buda Baker did play it. Yeah, he was in the for four I'm weeks. Just, and- I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding on that one. But... Um, but how, yeah. do, how does that affect the Cardinals going forward not having Ertz? 
You drafted the number one tight end of the draft this year, Trey McBride. Saw him get two catches today in the game. He almost fumbled one of them. But, you know, hopefully, honestly, this is going to sound ludicrous because you don't ever want to lose a player like Zach Ertz. I kind of was okay with it. Not that I want to see anyone get hurt. But we've misused Trey McBride, it's felt, like all season. Like he's more been blocking. He hasn't done much in the game offensively. So to see him get involved um, as a pass catcher, right? That's what I mean by offensively. But it'll be nice to see him get involved. And if he can become, I mean, best case scenario, he becomes Zach Ertz 2.0. And then he's definitely your, you drafted him to be the Dallas Goddard to Zach Ertz. You drafted him to eventually take Zach Ertz's job and and yeah. have the future for the next 10 years at tight end, 15 years, whatever you want. Um so, I mean, well, this time this to could, sign this year, then. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it could be next man yeah. up in that case. I, I like to see him as a next man up versus like some of these old linemen. So, well, Gunner, <laughs> let's let's put a button on this because uh, button or know, a bow or a bow. There you go. <laughs> button bow. Oh, oh it's a, you want to put a pin in it. You want to put a pin. Pin, pin on what? what? Well, I thought you were just wrapping like a, a grenade. Is it like a grenade? One. You put the pin in it. Yeah, what bow, you want to do is you want to pull the pin out of the grenade and lob it into Arizona yeah. Cardinals' entire franchise <laughs> right now. That's what you'd like yeah. to do. But we'll see how everything pans out here next couple of days. Rest of this week's matchups fill out, and then you get a sense of where the Cardinals are in that very slightly still open window for a playoff spot. With that said, uh, he is Gunner. You can find him uh, Monday through Friday on Camel Country every morning. Also online at Radio Gunner on Instagram and The Gunner on Twitter. My name's Tyler, and you can find me with Bird Gang Travel. We will be in Mexico, so anyone making that trip for the game, Monday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers, uh, find us at Bird Gang Mexico or BirdGangTravel.com. Also on Instagram under those same handles at Bird Gang Travel. Uh, The Cardinals escape SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles with a win, 27-17, backed by Colt McCoy as your quarterback. We'll be back midweek Wednesday for our preview of that, uh, or not preview. We'll just be our look ahead and look back to what this game was and look towards Monday Night Football. So join us again Monday for that. Don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you get podcasts. You can also go to Cardinals Podcast or kickoffinthevalley.com to do so. And as always, kickoff in the valley.